Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Timothy Harvey, Jason Hunt. This is H2O. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this, our 150th year alive. No. Uh, <laughs> who'd have thunk it we'd get that far? Oh, uh, uh, I did, actually. I was pretty I? sure. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we don't. We got together to do this way back when because we like to talk about this stuff. It's been almost three years now. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we, we enjoy these conversations. We have them on our own. Um, so having them and recorded is certainly, you know, all we have to do is record them. Yeah. And here we are, <laughs> recording we another are. one. <laughs> My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor at SciFi4B.com. Most of the time, <laughs> sometimes known as Fearless Leader, now known as Toothless. Dental work is good. Dental, Dental work, work is, is important. Well, I, need to, it, I need to have some more done. Yeah. So, and sitting across from me, Mr. Timothy Harvey. Hello. And we have coffee in hand. We do. And, um, yeah, I I had my shattered, broken molar mm-hmm. yanked yesterday. Surprisingly enough, it actually came out in mostly one piece. So that's good, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but You're, when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> A million years ago when I had my wisdom teeth pulled out, uh, the top two came out fine. Mm-hmm. Had all four of them out at the same time. Um, the bottom... Left one came out. Yeah, all right. Bottom right one. Not so much. Had to break it up. Ugh. And you know, I they don't. Some people sometimes they put you under. I couldn't afford that, so they're like, "All right, we're going to stick you with all the needles, and we're going to fill right. your head with all the fuzziness you can you know, you can drink." And nine ninety eight. Yeah. So so I'm sitting Blue. there. I'm sitting there. I'm very very fuzzy. Um, but we discovered that I had one live nerve. Oh no! That was just waiting. And they discovered it. And you know where it was? Br- right under that tooth. Right under that tooth. And oh. they hit it, and basically it was like, imagine a giant iron spike inside your head, and then someone <laughs> hits it with a two by four. And did you, did you grab his bottom lip? No, but <laughs> I believe the I, I I know what it means when someone says they whimpered. Oh, uh, yeah. And my eyes popped open, and my dentist was like, my, denti- my, my dentist, whose name was Dr. Bonebreak. I am not making it up. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm serious. Uh, but <laughs> he says, yes, I know. I get it all the time. But he's looking at me like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel your pain, fun. and and then I went to work. Oddly enough, though, I have not had a whole lot of pain. I've been I've been very fortunate with that regard. Not uh, because the you know the needle the needle mm-hmm. sticks were you know the topical and sure of course whatever. Yeah. And I figured that at some point when all of the anesthesia wore off, right, that I would have more pain than I that I do. That's what they warned me about when I had the wisdom teeth out, because I went to work later that day, because yeah. I was poor at the time. I'm so rich now, but I was poor mm-hmm. at the time. And so I kind of had to. And I keep hearing from people. They're like, oh, yeah, they put me under and sent me home with pain medicine. I didn't go to work for two days. And I'm like, wow, must be nice. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Well, you know, and we've, and we've, uh, you know, my wisdom teeth uh, got cut out. Mm-hmm. Before before they ever 
Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess. And so that was that was one of those things where I was I think I was probably home a day or two. Yeah. After that, but I was in college when I had mine out. So. Yeah, but that was general anesthesia, so yeah. I was woozy for just just in general principle. Yeah, I just had a, I had a cup full of salt water. Yeah, well, I, I got mine by the uh, sink. Yeah, a couple, and yep. then uh, went to work and sat there going, "Hi, how are you?" <laughs> now, one thing, one thing that surprised me, and and I don't know if this is specific to dental bone jaw area mm-hmm. or what, just because of the way the the nerves are structured or whatnot. But the dentist told me that for pain management. If you do a combination of either one and one or two and two, ibuprofen and acetaminophen, mm-hmm. this is apparently that has, they've discovered it has some sort of a synergistic effect between the two oh. chemicals that does something for for fairly decent pain management. And, and I got to say, it's I have not had to fill my Vicodin prescription yet this, oh, this round. Good. So... Yeah, so there's your there's your life hack for the week, folks. <laughs> go to, go. Ibuprofen and acetaminophen and regular t- trips to the dentist. Yes, in a one to one ratio. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember the last time I was. I mean, I can remember sure. when I went to the dentist, but I can't remember when. Yeah, I and I think that's that's unfortunate because it's uh, yeah your little health tips here. Uh, a lot of a lot of. Other parts of your body health actually are involved mm. with your head, yeah. And dental dental stuff can be that as well. So, well, it's like that guy in California dying from the infection from his tooth. Yeah, and I and I I actually brought the tooth home as a souvenir. <laughs> it's going to go in the prop box with everything else. You know, cause you, you never know. If we make a you make a film I know, war. I know. I make know. a film punch war, somebody in the teeth. We're torturing out, somebody. Right? Yeah, right, yeah sure, you're going to no. yank the tooth because exactly. you're questioning. They're not answering the questions. I, I'm I laughing, but now. I'm pretty sure there's a bag in one of my boxes and in, in the closet full of the boxes I've never unpacked for my move here mm-hmm. in 2005 because uh, I have like 10 boxes that have never been unpacked. And I'm pretty sure that in there is a bag that has the wisdom teeth. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I one of those things you just keep and you go. Sure. Why did I keep this? Yeah. Well, and this one, you know, this tooth, you know, it, it's broken. Mm-hmm. So you right. know, you can see on the inside of it. It was just, it just hollowed out. So I showed it to my teenager. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is why you brush your teeth regularly." <laughs> I thought about posting it on Instagram, but it's, it's not, it's not pretty. There's a there are a lot of things that are not pretty uh, yeah, on I, but it's yeah, but it's really not pretty. So cause as I as I, I inform them of my fourth or fifth spam profile thing today. Oh oh oh, that not reminds pretty me. Pretty things that reminds me. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, we are not really talking about very much of anything tonight. We're we're just kind of bouncing around a little bit. We we are going to get to our topic. We are yes uh, eventually, but I I gotta say we we made it. Oh, we made it, and I and I don't know if I stay if I kept if I kept the email or not. We got an email earlier this week that we had been selected. Oh no! I want to say that I still have, have it. Have we I now? Think, I think I <laughs> I think I kept it because I wanted to, yes the Pepsi Cola Awards. Oh, this is an email. <clears throat> Dear email user. Oh, okay. Wow. I, that, the personalization is what gets to me. I, I'm, I'm touched by that. Yes. In remembrance 
to our formal South African late President Nelson Mandela, icon and legend. That's how it he's, starts out. He's been, he's been gone Your for a while. Your email has won the Sony Afri Pepsi-Cola Mandela Sharing Happiness Award. In other to claim your $900,000 Sony prize winning and to file in for your claims, mm -hmm. contact our assigned claims agent, Dr. Joe Simon. Okay. And Dr. Joe Simon, and I have a phone number, and I have an email address. And it says, for administrative needs, provide him with the following information. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Important. Full uh, names. Uh-huh. Right. Full names, period. Mm -hmm. uh, plural. Of course. So I guess yeah. we can all split the 900,000. Right. Yes. Country. Mm-hmm. Private phone number. Uh-huh. Sex, age, occupation, nationality, residential address. Mm-hmm. For proper verification of our previous winners, kindly visit the link below. Oh, my. And there's a link to click. It's a URL to click. Did you click the link? I did not. Okay. How, can you, how can you know who the, pro the previous prize winners were then? Well, see, because, you know, <laughs> I, we could be the first. We could be <laughs> and the last. So, yeah. So we have made the big time. I, you know, you know, in the name of President Nelson Mandela. I'm pretty we have sure won that nine hundred thousand dollars. I suspect that Nelson Mandela's estate did not sign off on that. Mm. I'm I'm going to go out on a probably limb not. and not. say probably not. Probably not. Although that nine hundred thousand would come in handy to go to oh yeah, Iluxcon and Smallville and we could go to Dragon Worldcon again. Yeah, we could. We could go to Helsinki with that much money. Yeah. By and the way, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Sci-Fi for Me. If any of us can go to Helsinki. It's going to be on your dime because uh, <laughs> because we don't have it. Uh, even San Juan, even go to San Juan, oh, yeah, Puerto Rico for NASA. Yeah. That would be that would be adequate. But uh, yeah, I did get in touch with the Aluxcon people mm -hmm. uh, off of Ray's suggestion. Thank you, Ray. Yes, and they're all for it. They're ready to go. There's a yeah. What do you need? We can do it. Let's let's see what works out. So, Aluxcon, Reading, Pennsylvania, in October, mm -hmm. five whole days. So we'll see if we can make it. Yeah, I'd like to do so, that. That'd be cool. Yeah, so that'll be fun. All right, so our topic for this evening. See, after we've killed <laughs> eleven minutes already, <laughs> you had a, you had an idea for a topic because we because a, uh, a couple of weeks ago we started asking people to send us emails to mm -hmm. ask us questions, you know, right. ask us ten questions, ask us you know, just ask us anything type of thing. We've done that. We did that for uh, for episode one hundred. Yes. And I think we got maybe two, three questions. Mm -hmm. This time we didn't get nothing. Well, and, and to my, which my, when you told me that, my response was, um, you know, we've talked about ourselves a lot over the course of 150 episodes. There's probably not a whole oh. lot of mystery. Well, that's probably true. I mean, I think family members might know us <laughs> not as well as for some of the stuff we talked about here. Have I told you about my lawn today? <laughs> yeah. But everybody in your family knows about your lawn. I know. And people who aren't in your family. And my sister total got two new dogs. Strangers, yeah. My sister got, yeah, two uh, pit puppies. Oh, yeah. Lucy and Ethel. There, of course. She sent me a video, and the... The, the the they've got a placemat on the floor mm -hmm. that's bone shaped, right? Yeah. So, bowl of food on each corner. Mm -hmm. One's in one bowl, one's in the other bowl. Until what's in your bowl and what's in your bowl and what's in your bowl and they're swapping oh, sure. back and forth. They're back and forth. Push one out, the other one goes to the other bowl, and push one out, and the and the, constantly. And she said, 
every single time they eat. And it's adorable, isn't it? It is. It's very cute. Lucy, <laughs> Lucy and Ethel. Lucy and Ethel. Okay. Lucy and Ethel are their names. There so. we go. Um, <laughs> but that's not our topic. That's not our topic. So the idea here, because we, when we started all this, it, it, like I said, it, it came out of you and I talking about genre stuff that we liked, and it was right. books, and it was comics, and it was movies, and it was TV, and we still do that a little bit. I mean, we talk about, obviously, when we when we talk about a specific topic, we'll talk about a movie or an idea or a concept of films or whatever, or, you know, um, specific book news or movie news or whatever it is, because we find it interesting. But we came into this, a lot of it came out of literature, you know, because we're readers. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a lot of time to read anymore. Right. Because of my my day gig is my day gig is in medical transportation and so I don't get to text as much or be online as much. Um, which was in my previous job in the wonderful world of, of pizza. Was yeah, actually you were very really, available. I was then. very available and yeah. now I'm just not. It's just the nature of my job because I'm on the road all the time. Yeah, I need to talk to your boss about that. <laughs> no kidding. But I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And so instead of being able to, because I, I, when I get off work, I'm trying to cram all the stuff that I used to be able to just naturally be able to do yeah. into a lot less time. Because my day also starts a lot earlier than it used to. Right. So I don't have the nights I used to have available either. So I'm cram, trying to cram so many things into too few hours. Um, so I don't get to read as much as I would like to. So I'm listening to audiobooks like I'm eating popcorn. You know, it's just like handfuls of audiobooks at a time. I mean, right, they all burn right. through. I'll burn through four or five audiobooks in a week, mm. um, which is not really that great for my bank account. Because while Audible, little plug for, well, I mean, I, not I, a sponsor, but I it, mean, they're they're, they're yeah. one of the biggest names in the audiobook business right. for getting this stuff out. Um, how to talk to them? Luckily, they have like a you know they have various deals periodically mm-hmm. so that you can you know get X number of books for this price it's like well great because i don't have any money and but i have to have something to listen to and there's all these great podcasts out there that i listen to but they're you know they only come out once a month or they come out twice a month or they have like have like a season so if you listen to welcome to night vale you know that they they basically run a season and then right. they take time off right right if i'm listening to wolf 359 there could be six months in between a season or whatever it is so i listen to a ton of audiobooks and I listen to some really interesting, really good books with some amazing narrators. And we don't talk about about audiobooks. I've been wanting to write, do some articles about it. And if I can, um, it's something I can certainly expand on. If I can, again, it's the timing is being able to find the time to do this like I used to. Right. It's been very frustrating. Um, so I'd, I'd love to expand on it more. But certainly there's some, some titles I would definitely recommend to some folks. And, of course, you, even though you're pressed for time often as well, um, there's stuff you're reading right now. Mm-hmm. And so you're reading, you're able to read books right now. I'm able to listen to books right now. And this is the kind of stuff that's engaging us at the moment. And we do talk about ourselves on this show a lot. Um, because we're friends and, and because we, we find this stuff engaging. Well, you know, what are we reading right now? What are we listening to right now? You only think we're friends. <laughs> I'm just biding my time until I can strike. Uh, it, well, spoken <laughs> like the true cat you are. Yes. 
Um, what am I reading? Let's see. I just finished. Um, well, a couple of couple of two through things. Graphic novels. I just I just read Red Sun mm-hmm. here not too long. Oh, was that the first time you just read it? Is it no no no? Okay. It's, it's a reread. Right. Um, no, uh, James had said something. Uh, his his history teacher, his mm-hmm. his uh, social studies teacher, had said something about it. Mentioned something about it in class, mm-hmm. and so he was gonna he's gonna read it. And do a paper, some kind of a write-up or something for for class. So I thought I'd read it ahead of time so we could talk about uh, it. alternate history, um, superhero, Superman story. Yeah, Superman uh, grows up in Russia. Mm-hmm. And um, then the and this other is the, one. This is the fairly immediately post-Stalin Russia, isn't it? Yeah. Or is, it, or is he? No, language, well, he's Stalin, Stalin's still alive. Stalin's in it. Yeah. At the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He 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 drops in. Uh, I want to say in the nineteen. 1940- 40s? So this is a, this is one of uh, DC's Elseworld titles. Yeah. yeah, this is back way before New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have seen Red Sun Batman cosplay more mm-hmm, frequently right, yeah. than I've seen Red Sun Superman cosplay. I've seen some Red Sun Supergirl cosplay. Oh, okay. But I haven't seen very many Red Sun Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Danny Kelly's got one, but I don't know who else. I, don't, I haven't seen that costume very often. I don't, I don't recall seeing it either. Yeah, but uh, I have seen uh, Batman a couple mm-hmm. of couple yeah, of the ba- well, the Batman, the, the Red Sun Batman costume was kind of interesting. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I just finished yesterday uh, the graphic novel uh, Gates of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Snyder, Kyle Higgins. Now this is New Fifty Two. Um, this is Dick Grayson Batman. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, Bruce is. Jet setting around the world, um, setting up Batman Incorporated. This whole this whole thing with right, Grant yeah. Morrison mm-hmm. stuff, and this particular one, The Gates of Gotham, goes back into the history of Gotham City, back in the eighteen eighties when tied to the Court of Alan Owls. Alan Wayne. No, it's not oh, Court okay. of Owls. It doesn't tie into that. It ties into the to the architects who built uh, the bridges and oh, the skyscrapers, okay. mm-hmm. and apparently. Uh, the designers, the architects, the Gates family, mm-hmm. were not money. You had the Waynes, you had uh, the Elliots, you had the Cobblepots, you had the Canes, mm-hmm. and then you had the Gates, who were not wealthy, but they came in and designed all of this stuff, two brothers, and basically got, after one of the brothers died in a, a, a accident during construction, the other one went mad. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, the whole thing, the, their involvement in the in the in the birth of Gotham City was buried in history. Oh, okay. And so, there's, it's it's a revenge story, you know, my ancestors, you done mm-hmm. me wrong type of thing. Right. So, Classic. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a bad book, but you know, Damien's in it, so you know. Well, Scott Snyder, Scott Snyder has has come down to really be one of the the higher regarded Batman. Writers mm-hmm. of probably the last decade, yeah, and certainly when New Fifty Two, basically they carried on the they carried on the storylines prior from prior to New Fifty Two into New Fifty Two, and they let him, yeah, they made changes. Certainly there were some changes that happened along the way, but for the most part, he's like, well, I'm not done with my stories. And they're like, we'll keep telling him, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> he's to wrap it up. The only one yep. that stuck through it the entire time during New Fifty Two, they pretty much as as far as I can tell. From everything that we've heard and that, that you know comments and stuff that people have said, they pretty much left him alone. Mm-hmm. They interfered with everybody else, 
Right. Well, at least they finally seem to have figured it out, at least from everything we see oh, so I far in the so. comics. It's looking it's looking I so much so. nicer, and I think yeah. really, um, for all the argument people made about incorporating the Watchmen universe into the DC universe, I think the 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 use of it, what they've managed to do with that, has actually turned out to be a real boon for bringing well, it's bringing a good the, the it's a good narrative device for getting. Getting a comic book logic explanation for why all of this stuff happened. It's a better thing than punching reality. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. The other thing that I've been reading, I just finished up uh, Star Wars Planet of Twilight by Barbara Hambly. Not Uh, a good Star Wars book. No. Not a good Star Wars book. And Barbara Hambly's a good writer. Yeah, now, I did but. get a book. I did get a book from Pocket Books earlier this week. It's a review copy. It has not been published yet. It's not. It's not out on shelves yet. Yeah, oh, I can't reach it. I can't reach it. De- uh, it's a deep. It's the latest Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. novel. Uh, it's called The Long Mirage, mm-hmm. and it's continuing the story about Quark's search for Morn. Oh, okay. Now the deep the, the Deep Space Nine and Voyager books and all the Star Trek novels past you know ne- from Next Generation on, all of those are continuing past right. the point of Deep Space Nine and, and Voyager's finales. A lot of good, a lot of good uh, praise good for some yeah. of the the well because now there's no canon restrictions on them, right? Because it's like, okay, you guys just do whatever you want. I mean. You know, Esri is now a, a starship captain, mm-hmm. and Benjamin Sisko is back, right. and Janeway was killed, and then she was back, and, you know, all... I, it's Trip survived Enterprise. The Voyager is... Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Voyager has been, now that they've got a way to go to and from Delta Quadrant easily, mm-hmm. the Voyager has been reassigned mm-hmm. to actually go exploring Delta Quadrant now. Chakotay is the, is the captain. So there's all these different things that they can, they can do with it mm-hmm. now. Mixing up crews and whatnot that they couldn't do before. Right. So I get this book. <clears throat> Morn apparently was involved in some criminal enterprises when he what? was younger. Shocked. Shocked I am. Yes. So uh, he's disappeared, mm-hmm. and now Quark is on a quest. Kira has been <sighs> locked away inside the Celestial Temple for the last two, three, four books. Deep Space Nine is a brand new star, sh- uh, a brand new space station because the other one got destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, all of these things. Rolaren is the captain of Deep Space Nine now. Mm-hmm. So this one now, Quark is going after. He's trying to find Morn. So I get this book and I read the back of it. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I see who wrote this book. David George the Third wrote this book. Yeah, I have no desire to read this book. Yeah, because David George the Third is a boring. Star Trek writer. I don't know why they keep giving him Star Trek books to write. Because he's just not doing anything for you. Uh, no, no. I uh, the last David George book that I got, I maybe made it halfway through, oh, and I just finally bad. said, I just can't. Because I, I hate can't. putting I hate putting a book down and not finishing it. I couldn't. I just I just could not every single time because mm-hmm. normally my reading time is I sit at lunch and I read. Right. Because all the rest of the time I'm either editing video or I'm editing podcasts or I'm writing mm-hmm. commercial scripts or whatever. <clears throat> so, you know, lunchtime is about the only time I get to sit and read. 
And and I had that book. I was like, oh, I just don't want to read it. I just don't want to read it. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, no. If you don't, okay, and done. if you don't want to, there's just no point. I mean, if you're not enjoying it, the problem with his stuff is he relies too much on passive voice, past mm. passive voice, and oh, this happened off screen. So if you're watching something, you know, like if you were watching something and somebody mentioned a major huge thing, what happened over here, but we don't get to see that. Oh, that's too bad. He does that all the time. Yeah. And and he wraps certain things up. Oh, this happened and everything was fine. You know, it's Mm. it's like, don't do that. You should should read like the first five pages to see if it's 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 the same way because at some point someone's going to, you know, you're probably not the only person who feels that way. Well, they giving him the books to write. Well, I don't know, but there could be, you know, maybe this is different. Maybe this one's different. You read the first five pages and see what it is. I wish the Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek people would would open up to submissions again like they used to at the very, very beginning. That would be fun. Because right now it's George, it's Greg Cox, Dayton Ward, Kevin uh, Kevin Delmore. Mm Mm-hmm. David Mack, and the main lines. I think Christy Golden. Uh, Christy Golden's been doing a lot of the Voyager stuff. Um, there's a couple of others. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jackson, John, John Joseph Jackson, or something like that. I think he's done a few because he's he's bouncing back and forth between Star Trek and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to read the other two Star Wars aftermath books from chuck wendig i wasn't too impressed with the first one and there's there are a lot of people that think wendig's a hack hmm. uh, and i was like yeah this okay it's all right and but i kind of feel a sense of obligation to read these books because now they're all canon right and you never know if anything is going to show up that well like snap wexley you know greg greg grumberg's character in oh, right. yeah. force awakens uh-huh. this trilogy it has him mm-hmm. starting from teenager years, and because apparently his mom was a B wing pilot or something, and you know, in, in the in the old days. But uh, <laughs> I was like, I just, uh, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a fantastic read. It's not Timothy's on. Okay, but you know, you said now when that comes bar. out, when Thrawn comes out, yeah, that hopefully that'll be a good that'll be a good one. Bloodlines was pretty good. I read that one. Thrawn hopefully will be good. I, um, although I've been disappointed with Star Wars Rebels this season. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched this season at they all. They haven't used Thrawn very well at all. Mm. And I'm not too keen on Lars Mikkelsen's performance. Really? He's, he's very quiet and mm. sing-songy with his delivery. And I was like, that doesn't sound like Thrawn. That's, that's not what Thrawn sounds like in my head. It reminds me when they were talking... Uh, on the Chicks podcast here last month, mm-hmm. talking about whether they like, you know, you like fantasy, you like sci-fi, you like horror and stuff. And they're talking back and forth between uh, books versus uh, right. TV and film. Yeah. And a couple of them have pointed out that it's it's harder to watch the movies after reading the books. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. you already see it in yeah, your head. You already hear it. Sure. And, and Thrawn, to me, was much more solid of a figure mm-hmm. uh in in rebels they've got him real skinny and he doesn't have a whole lot of heft to him right but i see somebody not not quite like uh christopher lee or somebody but in terms of stature 
Mm-hmm. Somebody more like um, I have to think, but not not uh, not the guy that they've got in the Rebels show. Yeah, I said I haven't seen this season. It's one of the other ones that I need to I'll probably end up binge watching. No, it's. I mean, I mean, some of the stuff is not bad, and of course now you know with the ghost and. General Syndulla being mm-hmm. fe- featured in Force Awakens and Chopper was there. So there's a definite tie in there. Um, and then, of course, we've got the rumor. Mm-hmm. Rumor. <laughs> and for all of the latest news and rumor, you can watch Salacious Crumbs over on Sci Fi for Me TV. But there is a rumor now that Benicio del Toro's character, who's going to show up in episode eight, right. is. He was listed on IMDb for about that long as a Fett. So there are some people that are suspecting that maybe he's the son of Boba Fett. Interesting. But the other prevailing theory is that he's playing an older, dark side influenced Ezra Bridger. And that oh, Ray. Okay. Ray could possibly be the daughter of. Ezra Bridger and Sabine Wren. Interesting. I had not, and not a Skywalker. Thought of that. I don't think. It's, I don't think she's a Skywalker. So I, my my own pet theory is that she's not a Skywalker because there's just a little too much. It's too easy. Yeah, it is too easy. Yes, yeah, and I'm, I'd, I would like to think that they're not going to take that too easy of a step. They might. But she's not a Kenobi either. No, no, I don't think so. All right, so what are you listening to? You okay. You oh, yeah. Ran so, through some stuff. But yeah, okay. So um, speaking of, of we'll, just, we'll piggyback off the book thing because some of the stuff I've been reading, we're listening to, is writers who are better known for other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, Paul Cornell, who is very well known if you're a Doctor Who novel fan. Right. Um, he wrote um, a little thing uh, called... Um, well, I don't know, a, He's been very, very influential in the book line, but he's also had several of his stories turned into the into adaptations for the, for television. Oh, okay, for the right. Doctor Who storylines. He has a series uh, called, um, I believe, the, f- the first one's called London Falling. London Falling, and they're urban fantasy slash horror. Okay, um, and really interesting series uh, about a British police. Um, unit that finds themselves much to their terrible chagrin being able to suddenly see the nasty magical side of london mm-hmm. and the l- nasty magical side of london is nasty m- and painful and they think they might be going going a little crazy but it's very much police procedurals because they're like okay well we have to function in this world so they apply the police mindset to yeah. being to, to magic it's this very sounds, interesting it sounds like because there have been a couple of things there's a tv show that's in development now well, they were making uh, they're making the new King Arthur TV series into a police procedural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and then about that. Uh, Ronald D. Moore had a show they pitched. I think Fox had a pilot order, but it never went into production. It was called Seventeenth Precinct, mm-hmm. which was also police with magic. Right. It's it's a couple of years ago. What's interesting about this series is that the the impact of large numbers of people believing in something making something real Mm, mm -hmm, the third mm -hmm. book is called who killed sherlock holmes oh because 
millions and millions of people believe that Sherlock Holmes actually is a real person. That's just, oh. and so in London, right? There's the ghost of Sherlock Holmes. Huh. So it's it's that kind of really interesting playing with perception and reality. Um, another author who is known for uh, other things first, uh, Mike Carey. Mike Carey, Lu- the, the the TV show Lucifer, is oh, yeah. based on a comic book right. called Lucifer, written by a guy named Mike, Mike Carey. Carey, and he's also a novelist, and he has another urban fantasy series uh urban fan i didn't start off really going for urban fantasy series but i seem to have ended up there at least for now sure and he's also written uh used to write hellblazer which is the john constantine comic yeah so he's got a basically it's a it's a um characters set it's another series set in london where the main character is an exorcist who is a nicer version of john constantine I mean, there's just there's an awful lot of John Constantine in this character, mm. and he's still kind of a bastard, but he's not <laughs> as much as a murderous bastard as John ends up being. Because right. John gets a lot of people killed in 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 the original source material, not so much in the TV or, or film adaptations. Right. But he is very much um, that kind of story. And then it actually went and <laughs> one of the main characters in that series is a succubus, which has led me into the current series I'm listening to right now, which hasn't. I think you, you get the recommendations. And it's like, oh, well, apparently you just listen to a fantasy series that has a succubus. So now you want to listen to this other fantasy series that has a succubus. <laughs> the current fantasy series has a lot of really amazing uh, sex scenes where I was like, wow. But I've also found one of my favorite voices, um, this this lady, Tess Irondale. Tess Irondale, if you happen to listen to this, I would love to interview you. <laughs> You've got an amazing voice. And she switches characters beautifully. Yeah. And the neat thing about audiobooks, and I could go on for this uh, quite a bit longer, but the really neat thing is that you really get to... L- explore the voice acting side of things. And of course we have, we have, you know, Tom Kane and other people sure, that we yeah. know who do voice work, but these are folks who are switching and they, these things are either edited incredibly well, which is entirely possible, or these people are switching voices in seconds. They're bouncing back and forth. I would imagine forth. it's a, it's a, it's a mix of that because, um, Cammy interviewed, Jeff Fallon, mm-hmm. who records audiobooks, and he talked about his process, and it's not just a straight read. For right, him, I wouldn't think so. But the impression that I got was that as he's reading, he is switching character mm-hmm. voices as he goes on the fly. Well, you think you kind of almost have to, to some degree, because you have to have that that consistency of of the uh, the the tone follow through. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to have the rhythm. I mean, yeah, it's, but it's but nonetheless, I mean, some of these some of these folks are just amazing. Tess Irondale uh, is amazing. Um, <laughs> Bronson Pinchot. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, if you those of you who are of an age, don't be ridiculous. You perfect strangers fans. He's an amazing. He's an amazing voice does narrator, and he's won tons of awards. Like no. I guess that's a significant chunk of what he does now for his. Well, and his career. the other guy, the other guy from. Perfect Strangers is a director now. Oh, yeah. He, he, that's pretty much all he does anymore. Well, he's, he's I saw, <laughs> because I when I listened to this, and I'm like, Bronson Pinchot, I went to I went to IMDb, and I went to Wikipedia, and I looked him up, and they both, they're, yep. they're both still have careers. We oh, just. Speaking of. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned last week on Rogues Gallery that we know a guy. Mm-hmm. His name is Gary Fiorelli. Right. Uh, we both took. Where you took that class? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the the production assistance training seminar. Right. And Gary was one of the one of the founders of that. And um, 
his name shows up as a co-producer on Supergirl. Right. And so I sent him an email. I was like, hey, Gary, uh, what's this? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, he was, there. he was there through episode 13. He says one of the best crews he's ever worked with. Mm-hmm. He's currently doing second unit work in Europe uh-huh. for uh, a film. It's not a genre film. But it's a director-producer that has heavily dabbled in genre before several times. Really? So, yeah, because he, he was very quiet. He, you know, he, you know, it's in the name. Yeah, I'm, I'm overdoing this. And uh, so I looked it up. I was like, oh, that wouldn't happen to be X Project, would it? <laughs> he goes, ah, well played. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I, I, I uh, sussed it out of him. But, yeah, he's uh, – He's he's gone on to do bigger and better things, and it's, it's fun to to you know get into productions where you sit there and go, oh, I know that person. Oh yeah, I know, yeah. I know him. I still I still am wonderfully charmed by the fact that when I was just a couple years out of college, I was able to turn on the television, and I can't remember if it was Baltimore um, or one of the other TV. Just one. Of, it was a, it was one of the TV legal drama police shows. Oh wow. Right? And to see uh, a friend of mine I went to college with, the lady, a lady who I had acted with on stage, mm. to sit there and go, I know her. The, the, jury, <laughs> for, the jury foreman for the two-part episode is, you know. I uh, was Maria watching, Santucci, shout out to Maria. Hi, Maria. <laughs> I was watching Luke Cage. Yeah. And I think it was second or third episode mm-hmm. when they were going through security tape footage. Mm-hmm. And the the police specialist whoever going you know was that sitting there at the desk right like i know that guy <laughs> wait a minute that's andy what's he doing there well he's in new york now right um he he's he's from the he's from the northwest missouri area mm-hmm. known him done theater with him he you know he's been in some of the radio plays that we did up in up uh, north here and uh and there he is big as life who shows up on on luke cage of all things i was like you got any stories to tell? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, my, my, my uh, Ashlyn Yenny, who I worked with on American Maniacs, um, you can still find it out there in the world. American Maniacs. That was the that was the art director for it, and she was in the Human Centipede. Oh yeah, and she has last I talked to her, she has dubious feelings about her. You know, <sighs> it, it it got her noticed, and she works. I mean, she's a working actress, and she's out sure. in L.A. Uh, and she's in one of the better low-budget um, superhero films, like uh, The Scribbler, which also has oh, right, yeah, right, right. Uh, Katie Cassidy. Katie Cassidy in it. And I, so I recommend it highly. Um, it's actually a very entertaining film. I tried Dylan, to, uh, Garrett Dillahunt in that as well. Yeah, I great, tried great, great watching cast. that. Gina Gershon. I need to try again because when when I tried, mm-hmm. it was back in the day when my internet was fuzzy and spotty. Oh sure, and the cable was fuzzy and spotty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything was just, I mean, yeah. the, the technology was not my friend at that point. Well, technology is <laughs> never my friend. But even worse back then, I was like, man, because it just kept skipping and mm-hmm. cutting out and freezing and stuttering. I'm like, I can't watch this. Well, it's but, always uh, fun. It's always fun to watch people, you know, because, I mean, Ashlyn, Ashlyn is a talented actress, and mm-hmm. so it's always fun to see her in, oh, it's, hey, that's cool. Yeah. And then you play the 60 Degrees of Separation because um, – you know, she's worked with Gina Gershon on, in Scribbler, and I'm like, I've had a huge crush on Gina Gershon oh, sure. for like a couple Six decades. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon, exactly. Uh, but uh, well, um, like, oh, uh, you mentioned Tom. Uh, we got a we got a clip 
from the next Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. And I think it's called Eye of the Imperial, the Imperial Eye, or, or whatever whatever that is. It bas- basically, it's going to be a Thrawn, Callus-centric right. uh, story. Mm-hmm. And Colonel Yularen shows up. And there's Tom. Because <laughs> you know? we kept wondering, we've, we've discussed every now and again, we've kind of speculated as to when Tom would show up in Rebels, because right. he hasn't yet. Because they don't have any narrator. Um, Frank Oz did, did Yoda again. Right. So he hasn't really had a part to play. And, oh, and yeah. now here, that, yeah, that makes yeah Yularen is back and, and there he is, there's Tom. Hmm. Like, oh, good. He's got a, he's got a part. Well, this. and I think it's important when you, when you find these voices, um, and we're running a little long tonight, but that's okay. It's our it's 150th. Um, because I start, I start looking for these audiobooks. I start list, looking for who who this voice has recorded something else on, mm-hmm. right? So, sure. And sometimes it's like, okay, it's a how to f- win friends and influence people kind of book. I don't really care. But sometimes <laughs> but sometimes it leads you to a new series yeah. and and some really funny things. Gideon Emery is a voice artist, and he he did the, does the voice work for the Laundry novels, the Charles Strauss, right. Lovecraft meets Spycraft. Right. Uh, highly recommend the series. Definitely pick them up. They're very, very good. Um, the only, They had one, only one of the books was maybe a little iffy. But he completely changed who the focus of the book was. Mm. And I'm going to say that as much as Charles Strauss can write some really, really fun, interesting characters, women are, he's not consistent, they're not consistently his strongest point. Right. Okay. So the one focusing, the one novel that focuses on Mo, which is the main character and the female character in the London novels, um, you kind of don't like Mo a lot in this novel. And you think, is it just because Mo's center stage? No, or that she and Bob are break in the middle of this rough patch in their marriage. But like, I, I like you in every other book, Mo. Why are you terrible? But Gideon Emery, Gideon, Gideon Emery, uh, Dustin and I uh, were recording, uh, looking at the final season of Teen Wolf on Veron's Apocalypse Now. Sure. Yep. Gideon Emery played the villain on Teen Wolf a couple seasons ago. Oh, that's right. And I was just like, I have no idea what Gideon Emery looks like. And I'm like, oh. I've seen that guy before. Yeah. And he does, of course, a ton of voice work for games as well. There's a reel on YouTube where it's like the many the many voices of Gideon and Marie. And I'm like, right. know that one, know that one, know that one, know that one. It's like Nolan North. Yeah. You know, Nolan North is everything. You don't think about this, but he's a fantastic he's a fantastic uh, narrator. And he's got that uh, um, that tone. He's uh, English. I think he might be Welsh, uh, but anyway, he's got he's got this great mm. British tone that he can change around quite a bit um, and do American accents very well. You know that that classic British can do American accents, Americans can't do British accents very well. Uh, Kevin Costner, but <laughs> I don't think I like some Robin Hoods. I can speak with an English accent. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, he's a fantastic one. Um, Emily Gray, who does a lot of the Jasper Ford books, for mm. those of you who have ever read the. The Thursday Next books. I highly recommend those as well. Um, she's really good. Neil Gaiman narrating his own stuff. Oh, that's... If that's you get a chance, his short story stuff, his, he's a really good narrator. And he's got a very good sense of the stage. And I having... have saved on my computer mm-hmm. that commencement speech he did. Oh, God, that's from a great a commencement couple, two, speech. Three years. Yeah. How many, four, well, no, it's been longer yeah. ago than that. Mm-hmm. About four or five years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great speech. He's he's one of those people who, um, 
He started off as a reporter and and a comic book writer and became a novelist and a screenwriter and all these things. But he's very much a storyteller. And I think that's very yeah. there's there's a distinction sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes they're the same thing, but a lot of a lot of novelists are not necessarily storytellers. You can be a craftsman of a novel. You can mm-hmm. you can craft it and structure it and, and permade, give it a it can be a very workmanlike thing. And sometimes that's a that's great. Some novels actually benefit from that sort of very matter of fact clean cut construction. Story. But some some novels are and short stories are very much almost that sitting around. Yeah, you know, it, it uh, it's not the same thing, but it, it is. That makes no sense. I'm aware. But if you're sitting around the campfire and someone's telling you a story, sure, or your you know the the minstrel has come to town to sing you the saga of of the great warrior. It's yes, that let's kind of all thing. Go see the bard. Yeah, it's this kind of thing yeah. that's just that. Some authors just really have, and Neil Gaiman has that. And yeah. in terms of when he's telling a story, um, but yeah, so I may mean, think that if you if you are someone who if you are someone who finds yourself struggling with time or stuck in a car all the time, like I am so much of the time, yeah. I drive two hundred miles a day every day, uh, which is a long oh, thing to do all day long, up and do down I thirty five. I couldn't do it. But I listen to audiobooks all the time, so I get to I get to have that. But the thing is, is that you got to find you find those folks, those voices that are almost like a friend in a way. You know, the voices you can listen to all the time. Um, I've listened to a couple of really great audiobooks, which I'm going to not mention right now because the uh, the author is the uh, narrator, and the author is not a good narrator. Right. The books are good enough and entertaining enough that you can listen to them. Sure. But you just want to reach through the recording <laughs> and say, that's not where the pause goes. <laughs> that's not where the pause goes. Using the Shatner comma. Or the- oh, well, there's a few few, few issues with that. No. But it becomes this kind of thing where you're, you're, um, you can get lost in it and have that be the background noise when you have to concentrate on something else. Because I have to concentrate on driving. But at the same time, I can still have this story in my head, which is really sure. cool. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so recommend recommend a couple. Okay, so I would definitely pick up anything by Ailey Martinez, and I would literally say pick up anything by Ailey Martinez. If you have ever read Jonathan Carroll um, or, uh, oh, for heaven's sake, uh, Christopher Moore, mm-hmm. uh, who's written a lot of fantastic um, fantasy, humorous fantasy novels, Ailey Martinez a. Lee Martinez has written a bunch of humorous That's fantasy the, novels. The letter A. A. Yeah, the letter A. L. E. Martinez, and they are charming as hell. They are just fun and sweet and very well written, and they go everywhere from uh, fantasy creatures developing, you know, a way to look at the world where they're gonna they're gonna get through anything, or Lovecraftian romances. And I did say Lovecraftian mm-hmm. romances. They're very fun, and they are they're light, they're fluffy. They're you're, you'll be amused. They're not you know you're not gonna get bogged down in detail, but right. they are just so entertaining. Okay. Um, and uh, definitely the Paul Cornell um, uh, uh, London Falling series. They're really really interesting because they have that. It's this if you ever watched British police procedurals. You know, oh, sure. Go t- think of Luther. You know, uh, watch, watching a show like Luther, and then going, okay, now with mystical murderers, mm. and you think to yourself, okay, this could be fun yeah. and wrong, <laughs> but they, but but they're very entertaining, and uh, those are narrated by uh, Robert 
Robert Garson. Robert Garson's another person with, straight, with a great voice. Um, but definitely the the Mike Carey stuff. Michael Kramer is is the primary primary voice work for that. Although they changed to Damian Lynch after the, for the last two books, mm. and there's definitely a change in quality. I would definitely recommend um, Michael Kramer over Damian Lynch. Damian Lynch does a fine job. Damian Lynch, Damian Lynch is a great narrator. But you get three books in where you're listening to one voice and you know what every one of these characters sounds like. And then book four of the series, a new voice comes in and you're like, well, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, again, it's an interesting one. And if you are the kind of person who wants something a little risque, and you may not, um, it is definitely an acquired taste. But the Elliot K. Um, Good Intention series that I'm listening to right now. Yep. Um, not for you, kid. It is definitely not for younger audiences. It is uh, the first book, especially, is like half really, really interesting uh, modern fantasy, which plays with religion and faith and love and what matters in growing up. Mm-hmm. And then about half of it is like sex scenes. <laughs> it's like, uh. and they're very well done. But Tess Irondale, again, like I said, Tess, if you can hear this. I would love to interview you. You already got an amazing voice because she does. Yeah. And that's just that you, you grab hold of those voices and they become like, I got to gotta hear another book by that person because right. they're just so good. I, uh, I am not in, in audiobooks. Um, uh, I, do, I do have some, a friend of mine just started uh, re-listening to the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. again on audio. Um, I, haven't really, I haven't really read a whole lot lately. Uh, as far as recommending anything, because I haven't gotten anything new. Um, but I am going to pull out an old standby. Mm-hmm. Anything in the Honor Harrington oh, yeah, series definitely. by David Weber. Mm-hmm. You start with On Basilisk Station is the first book in that series. Mm-hmm. Fantastic series of books. Um, Dragon Riders, of course. Sure. You know, the old standbys. Um, and by the way, if you if you have enjoyed the Honor Harrington books, I want to go back and read um, E.S. Forrester? CS Force. CS Force. Thank you. Yeah. Go back. Go back to the original source material. Go back to the one. Go back to one of the the fantastic naval fiction, um, uh, ocean naval. Yeah. You know, not science fiction. This is this is yeah, historical you, you, novels. The Horatio Hornblower. Exactly. Stuff, but there's which is also uh, something that Gene Roddenberry looked at as an influence for. Oh, sure. James Kirk. The Horatio Hornblower series is kind of like the John Carter series. Uh, the yeah. you know, Princess of Mars, it incredibly influential, and so many people have not read the original source material, and they are really good novels. Yeah, and the Barsoom books, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do that for us. If you've got recommendations that you would like to share with us, different book series or audio books, oh, we'd love to hear. Like yeah, to hear. especially uh, me who with yeah. audio books, I want to <laughs> well and give me more and, suggestions. And uh, shout out to Ray who sent a, sent you. Uh, collection of oh yes he today. did and yeah. I got to tell you um, this is I have uh, I have built this giant file which I have been going through and picking from and going okay I want one, I want that this week and uh-huh. I want that this week because I want to space it out sure because they're he free <laughs> he sent me a lot of stuff yeah. but no again thank you very much because they, they are there's some really fascinating stuff and that's not all, that's not all he sent me he sent me a ton of stuff oh good I don't have to. 
cull through that a lot. Yeah. Uh, if you have uh, thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can send an email, h2o at sci-fi for me.com, or leave a comment on all of our social media. And this programming note, now we've gone a little bit long tonight because it was our 150th episode. Right. We're going to take a little liberty. But we are going to stick with the 35-ish minute format because mm-hmm. that seems to be working pretty well on, on the technical aspects, you know, on this side of it. Um, but we are from from here out for the dur- for the time being. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to an every other week schedule, like we started off with. Yeah, like we started off with. So next week, so no new episode next week. We will have an episode the week after next. Now, there's a very practical reason to do this, and some of it has to do with time and scheduling. And Gosh. that what we're going to basically be seeing is this is going to be a weekly uh, every other week, and then you've got. Um, well, salacious, salacious crumbs, crumbs we're is producing, and that so so we're recording this one on the twenty third. It mm-hmm. releases on the twenty fifth, right? So there will not be a good night. We're already going into March next week, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Wow. All right. So <laughs> next week, not not an episode. Our next episode will be um, March eleventh. Right is when that one will drop. So, but salacious crumbs. This is this salacious. is a way, this is a way to actually take a little bit off you in terms of producing. Yeah, yeah which is something we. It, it, there's so many things that have to go on behind the scenes, and, and some of the stuff you guys probably don't care about. But the reality is, is that it's a lot of work. And there's a lot of things in terms of time that it requires. So this actually well, gives this, Jason a bit of a break. And it's also okay. going to free up some time for you to write up some of these. Oh, that would be. Yeah, you know what? That's actually that stuff. would be really so, really nice. I'm just going to have to carve out a portion of my. That's so you're really good. I can just carve out a portion. There yeah. we go. I can write something. I like it. You just keep that time. Actually, we've, we've been talking it. about my actually doing the audiobooks as an audio, as a maybe a little mini podcast, a little short form thing. So. That would make 12 in our collection. No. <laughs> but it might be easier for you to do that than as opposed to reading. I would say, I would say on those, I, I'd say on those, maybe we do that on, uh, on video. Because we don't have a whole lot, we don't have a whole lot on TV yet. That's true. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. We will be back on the 11th with our next episode. And in the meantime, if you have suggestions for topics for for us to discuss, we can do that. If you have events where you think it would be a good idea for us to be in attendance and broadcasting live, we can still take those suggestions. If you've got questions you want us to address, you can send those to us. And um, in the meantime, we're going to go drink some more coffee and plan our next uh, campaign against the system. Wah. Wah. Thanks for listening, folks. And hey, thanks for listening for 150 episodes. We appreciate That's right. it. Yes. Don't forget, share us, uh, share us with your friends. Rate us on iTunes. Yes. And uh, we will be back in two weeks' time. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio.